What's good, everybody? Welcome to 99 Miles Per Hour with me, your host, Percy Garner, where we talk about life and sports and everything in between. All right, guys, uh, welcome to the first episode where we are going to be interviewing myself, Percy Garner, the host, which is going to be weird, but hey, we're going to get it. You know, we want to make sure you guys know me before we get going. Um, and we're going to have someone special who is uh, basically gave me the nudge into the podcasting world, and I appreciate that. Uh, but uh, his name is Josh Hall, and he is with uh, Get Level Podcast Network, and he is going to be producing this for me, and he's also going to be asking for me. How you doing, Josh? Doing real good, yeah. I mean, typically on this show, you're doing the interviews with people, so it's a little bit of a reverse uh, order today. <laughs> yeah, so it's going to be exciting. I'm actually excited. I've never you know, prepare for interviews. They've kind of just happened. And I'm always looking at them after like, ill. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm excited. To, uh, you know, I kind of know the questions I cheated. <laughs> you know, most of them. Yeah. 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 True. True. We're going to find out some, some, uh, hidden stuff from Josh, I guess that That's I'm right. not prepared a couple, for. A couple Percy stories, uh, from my memory. So those will <sighs> be interesting. Yeah. But I, so other than you just, just going down these question lists, um, I'm probably just going to, you know, just ramble on about my life, I guess, because I've given speeches and I've sort of done the story, but I do want to get a little bit deeper on this episode instead of just saying all the pretty things. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> and then every episode after this, because you know, it's going to be welcome to 99 mile an hour with Percy Gardner, but who is Percy Gardner? Yeah. So this is the episode to let everybody know. Yes. Yes. And there, there's some, there's some, a lot of good things, obviously. Uh, but there's also some, some, uh, sad things and, uh, some stuff I might, should not share, but we're going to, <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, the purpose of the podcast, I want to get deep and, and everything there that is life. So, <laughs> uh, we're going to, we're going to get into it. Um, so I was born December 13th. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, like, um, I just want to talk about, you know, I guess growing up, there's a lot of stuff people don't know. So, I mean, a couple of the questions I have here, um, you know, well, me and Josh kind of grew up playing sports together and, uh, I think I might've met Josh after I matured a little bit. <laughs> so the year before we played on, uh, the custom wood design or whatever yep. like that, uh, I had been thrown out a couple games for throwing temper tantrums. <laughs> Oh, you're right. I actually, oh, I kind of oh, no. remember uh, young Percy with the, uh, yeah, the temper. Yes. So I, I was uh, ultra competitive. I didn't like to lose. And when I lost, you know, all the world kept. And came. that was, that was like what age though? Cause we're like, talking, we're talking minor league. Yeah. I'm talking, yeah. Coach pitch like yeah. eight, eight, seven, eight, nine ish age, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, I think the first time I remember at this, at my old age now, is um <laughs> careful I'm <laughs> you're close far behind, behind yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> uh I think was you know a basketball game at the Y where you know we lost and I think Micah was on the other team and beat me and uh, uh in case for y'all don't know Micah Mills he'll be on the uh this podcast at some point we'll get him on here but um we were good friends growing up and uh you know he was competitive as, as well he still is but 
he beat me and I, I didn't like that. So, <laughs> and, and my dad was on me. He was strict, you know, I grew up in a strict household, which, uh, I think helped me long-term. But at the time I was like, oh man, my life sucks. My dad's so mean. This is terrible. <laughs> but, um, we'll get to that as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, there real quick. Cause you're Percy Gardner the third. Yes, I am. I'm right. Well, technically I'm Percival Gardner. Percival, yes, yes. Yes. Uh, actually we just, um, and this just happened two days ago. I just lost my grandpa who is Percival Garner one. He is the original, the original. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and he was 90 and had dementia and this COVID-19 thing kind of, um, I guess progressed his dementia cause he's social like me, you know, we like to talk and he, uh, obviously wasn't able to see as many of the family members and all the people around his nursing home that he was in at, um, park village. Uh, so I think that led to that, but you know, now he's resting and, uh, um, he's, uh, he's made an impact on my life. We'll, <laughs> we'll also talk about all the, the people that made impacts on my life, uh, moving forward, but, um, get back to me. So I guess the biggest one I wanted to talk about was coach pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget what team I played on coach pitch, but, uh, a guy, if you know, baseball, you know, not everything's a force out. So there was a dude on second, not first. The guy hit the ball or the kid. <laughs> the guy. The guy. A seven-year-old guy. Yeah. <laughs> the kid hit the ball. I picked it up, stepped on third, and then tried to throw the first, try to get a double play. Oh, yep. And they call the dude safe at third. And I just lost it, you know. Mm-hmm. And my you got to tag him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, uh, you know, I thought I knew what was going on. But mm. just to give you a little, you know, yeah, background of how I, I acted whenever I lost. Um <laughs> And I think that just instilled in my family. You know, my family is full of athletes. You know, my dad was a different type of athlete. <laughs> so he was a thinner guy mm. and ran track. Was he tall? He was he was about six one. Okay. So I, I got you know, I got him by an inch a little bit, but yeah, he uh was a receiver, you know, known for his speed. Mm-hmm. And as be, as you know, Josh. Not so much. <laughs> <laughs> I was not. Um, I got my mom the wagon, plate. Percy. Right? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, just running with cylinders and cinder, yeah. <laughs> cinder blocks on my feet. Um, but uh, no, nah, man, just you know, hearing all the stories. I actually, I walked into a gas station, and this is the first time this happened. And I don't know if this sounds very egotistical, but <laughs> I walked into a gas station, and uh, the woman at the uh, the cash register goes, "Hey, um, are you a uh, Percy?" Percy Garner, the, I'm like, she's like, wait, no, she asked, do you know Percy Garner? I'm like, yeah. And I'm the whole time. I'm like, I'm him. Like, <laughs> and, um, she goes, yeah, he was the football player. I go, yeah, that was me. She goes, no, 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 you're way too young. And I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, are you talking about my dad? She was like, yeah. I was like, Oh, oh wow. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's the first time that happened. <laughs> but yeah, my dad was, you know, super athlete play every sport, basketball, no matter what it is, baseball, strong arm and all that. Um, and he never got above 180 pounds. I was 185 as a freshman in high school. So wow. okay, <laughs> that's why I was slow. I was bigger, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and then my mom, on the other hand, was this freak of nature basketball player. Like back in the day, you know, she's bragging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In college, they bought my shoes as a freshman and I started, I was like, Oh wow. They bought your shoes, mom. Uh, <laughs> but um you know basketball was my favorite sport believe it or not you know I wasn't as good as my parents but <laughs> but um 
No, I hear all the stories and I ruin my mom's life because she was in college when she had me. So, <laughs> but uh, she says she's proud of that. But um, <laughs> now was she tall? She was. She yeah. was like five ten, five eleven. Okay. Yeah. So right. yeah, she was, uh, and she would play basketball. I don't know if you're too young for this, but the bottoms. Do you know where the bottoms are? Or down the hill, we used to call it. It's. Uh, do you know where Larry Donafo's Pizza was? You're, no. Yeah, you were young, but <laughs> I know you're not that young than me, but I'm like six months younger. Than yeah. You. <laughs> <laughs> well, this place is over actually by the high school. So, um, but it used to have, it's super high grass and the grass might come up to your chest now, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was a nice play when I, a nice area to play when I was growing up and they had basketball courts. But before I was born, my mom used to play with the men down there and they would literally say, that she would win sometimes. And these weren't just men that weren't, they actually played on Dover's varsity basketball team. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, my mom was uh, a top-notch athlete that, as well. That's impressive. That's yes. Impressive. Yes. So my parents were, I would say, elite athletes. And, uh, you know, I tried to live up to their name as much as I could. But when my mom came and saw me play basketball, she was like, shoot the ball. <laughs> I'm like, mom, we got a system. We, you know, I'm not the superstar like you. Okay. I remember watching you play basketball. <laughs> How yeah. was that? Well, it wasn't the same as football. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You're right. You were not the, uh, the main focus on the basketball team. Yes. I was good um, at setting picks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, now you were good down low. Big guy. Yeah. Yeah. The, you, you got know, them, you got them power legs. Yeah. <laughs> That's why Coach Varnkin will put me down. Yep, I like shooting yep. and coming off picks, but he turned me into a uh, a power forward, even though I was only six mm-hmm. two. But uh, I still I don't know. In high school, six two is pretty decent. Yeah, I guess especially especially around here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. we had Bryce, who's six eight at the time. Bryce was so tall. And Eric Dimmermuth, six six. So and he was your class, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, he me. Who was, was on ESPN at one point? <laughs> yeah, he was. That's right. <laughs> yeah, but um. We got to get him in here too sometime. Oh yeah, see, yeah, thinking of people. Yep, we gotta make a list. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but no, yeah, man. Uh, just growing up with all this, my brother played football. He actually coached if my brother's um, junior year, I think, was coach's first year coaching at Dover. So how much older is he than you, your brother? Ten, uh, like around ten years. Okay, let's say because I never never knew your brother. Yeah, yeah. So he was a lot older than us. He went to McKinley or went to Tempkin and actually our, uh, our, uh, cousin was the principal at Tempkin and kind of kicked him out of Tempkin. Oh. So he came <laughs> to Dover, <laughs> which is a blessing for Dover. Mm-hmm. So, um, and there's going to be a, I don't know if I'm supposed to share this, but there's, <laughs> there's going to be a documentary on Dover versus Philly. And I just found out that me and my brother are the only two family members to be MVP of the Dover Philly game. Really? So it's pretty cool, yeah. Ooh, when's that coming out? I don't know. The dude's interviewing. Out. He's going. He's going hard. It's going to be good. <laughs> he's. I think he's interviewed like a hundred people. Wow. Well, so I'm excited to see that. Yeah, and I learned a lot of things about Dover and Philly that I did not know. <laughs> but um, I love how we're we just are covering everything. I love it. <laughs> um, but I want to. You know, obviously, I was competitive as a child. Everybody in my family were all athletes. I, you know, most of the time I played harder outside playing backyard football and you know playing 
basketball. How, have you ever played 33? You ever oh, yeah. that game? Oh, oh, we played gosh. 33 so much back in the day. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> gosh. I literally just played two nights ago at my boss's house. At <laughs> Steve's, it was me, Jamal, and Drexel. Oh, we were all man. playing. And Drex is, you know, he's 23 at the time. So he's. uh Yeah, the, that game gets competitive. Oh, my. No fouls, of course. No. Mm -mm. <laughs> But we were all. Huffing. You have no friends during that game. No, no. <laughs> While you're playing, everybody is again. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> and uh, you know, I was huffing and puffing after my first drive to the rim. I was like, oh man, I see why people just pull it for jump shots now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm worn out just talking about it. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, so those games is where I think I advanced my competitiveness. You know, and I hope my son can has friends to play those games, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but those games, man, they, they drive your competitive nature. And I think it had a big impact on me. Um, but, you know, speaking of, you know, my childhood, man, I just, you know, growing up in Dover. So like, we're going to get into some different stuff. But we just had fun, you know. <laughs> now we're going to get into some some stuff. So um my parents split up i think it was because my dad was a steelers fan my mom was a browns fan so that probably yep, <laughs> contributed it, to it. <laughs> <laughs> and um both of them had i would say impacts in different natures so my dad you know you know was in the air force strict military background and my mom was like a worry wart and you know just worried about everything and you know first i just don't want you to do this you know <laughs> So my having those, you know, both sides, plus I had my grandma and well, both of my grandmas and this is going to be funny, grandma Donnie and grandma Connie. <laughs> so, <clears throat> my mom's uh, mom is Connie and my dad's mom was Donnie. So I lived with my, my uh, grandma Donnie who might have had the biggest impact on my life within my family because I lived with her. My dad, he was a grinder. He woke up early and just worked all day mm -hmm. so i would didn't want to wake up early so <laughs> i live with my grandma and um she just you know obviously she didn't put the fear in my <laughs> in my heart like my dad did uh -huh. but um you know she knew how to you know get the best out of me and she also knew how to love me where i felt you know my at some points i felt like my dad you know he was so rough on me. He just didn't love me, you know? Mm -hmm. But um, obviously now I know that how it goes. Now with me raising my own son, I know how that goes. But I just know that she she knew how, how to approach me in a different way to get through. And my dad approached me a different way and he got through as well. <clears throat> I mean, I mean, how, how similar to you? Did you have your grandparents? Obviously grandparents spoil us, but. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they do. Yeah. Yes, they do. Yeah, I mean, yeah, my, I mean, yeah. grandparents, it. I guess everybody for me too had a different impact in a different way, um, which I'm very grateful for. Yeah. 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 I mean, everybody's grandparents, you know, everybody loves their grandparents. Yeah. Well, and, and too, I, I, I see what you're saying exactly. Cause when you grow up and you, you know, you're older and you kind of understand a little bit more about life and just the human nature, really, you kind of can pinpoint certain things in your past and say, well, you know, at, at that point I thought he was being a total jerk, but no, he wasn't. Or, you know, that was just the, some people it's that generation too it's it's um just the way they were raised yeah and the way they grew up and when you get older you kind of understand certain points of view and okay i see why you mm. know my grandpa always said this yeah whatever it is yeah it was you know back then when i was growing up uh you know being punished physically being whooped was like normal yep <laughs> and now i feel like 
Uh, but one of my, a couple of my teammates, we'd always have these great talks in the bullpen <laughs> <laughs> and, um, whooping your kids was, you know, well, the common term they were using were beating. And I was like, no, I'm not going to beat my, cause they were like, Perse, you're going to beat your kids. I'm like, no, but I, you know, I'm going to punish them if they, you know, need that. And I've noticed in my son, he just, he's scared of everything I say. <laughs> and you know, my daughter, she's just. You know, she is stubborn and doesn't listen. Obviously, she's one, but, you know, it, I think it, she's going to need those whoopings. I think. <laughs> <laughs> but I got whooped a lot as a child, believe it or not, even though you probably think I'm an angel. But I, um, know, I can't <laughs> believe it, man. After all those temper tantrums <laughs> on the ball field. <laughs> no, I broke a lot of windows coming from hitting rocks with baseball bats mm. and throwing a lot of rocks. So those led to a lot of whoopings. But, um, but like my relationship with my dad, I just, I do kind of like wish, um, you know, cause him passing my freshman year in high school, we didn't have the relationship I wanted to have now because of how our thoughts was like, Oh my gosh, she's so mean and stuff like that. And then you obviously figure out later in life that no, he was doing what he was supposed to be doing. You know, parents really aren't supposed to be our friends most of the time. <laughs> I mean, they can't have moments where you, you know, and I want to be that person for my son to talk to whenever Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's one of those things when you grow up, like I know I, I've got, a, <clears throat> I've got a great relationship with both of my parents now. And it's, it's that grown up adult, you know, relationship where, yeah, you know, you guys are still going to give me advice and I'm going to come to you for, you know, advice and things like that, but we can just kick it sometimes, you yeah. know, and that's, that's great. Yeah. And, and I, I got to talk to your mom. She didn't think I remembered her. I'm like, come <laughs> on. Um, but I, I take pride in remember people's names, remembering, I remember a lot of things about people cause mm -hmm. I just love people, but and people appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I know how I feel if someone forgot my name, I'm like, dang man. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I take pride in that. And, uh, you know, I have different exercises when I meet someone. Mm -hmm. So their first sentence they say to me is, is just out the door. Cause I'm just like repeating their name in my head. <laughs> I got to get better at that. Cause a lot of times I'll walk away and say, Oh no, what did she say her name was? <laughs> I think that's how, I think that's how most people are. Um, but yeah, with my dad, uh, the impact he had actually outside, outside the home, everyone was like, your dad's the greatest, your dad's this. And he refed, um, like high school and middle school basketball games, and, and games at the YMCA and, you know, people love him for that. he's got the classic throwing a parent out at a girl's basketball game. That was hilarious. But, um, he actually refed one of my eighth grade scrimmages. Oh yeah. And I tried to draw a charge and it was clearly a charge <laughs> and he just sprints up at me going over the top and blows his whistle and calls a block and look like stares at me and does the block sign. I'm like, Oh my gosh. So that was a great moment. But what he was doing was preparing me. I mean, as a young kid, you don't know how, you know, life's going to be, you don't, you know, you think, Oh, I just want to grow up, you know, so I don't have to go to school or whatever. And then now we're like, dang, school was actually, uh, <laughs> wasn't that bad. No, it was easy back then. <laughs> yeah. uh, but now we got bills and stuff. Um, but just from my, from my mom's perspective, cause they split up. I want to say I was probably early elementary. Maybe I can't remember. But uh, I have so many siblings. <laughs> so when they slid up, I only have one full sister, and that's Markeisha. She graduated in 2010. And 
Then I have, so I have a total of four sisters and two brothers. And I'm like right in the middle. It's two older sisters, two younger sisters, one older brother, one younger brother. <laughs> wow. But only Markeisha is the one that my mom and dad both had. My dad was married before my mom. And then my mom got married after my dad. Okay. Um, this G Fuel has got me jacked up. <laughs> <laughs> and G Fuel stands for game of gamer fuel. Because <laughs> I'm a gamer. But, um. No, but my mom, she more of, she wanted to be that friend. And when she, so she had been involved, once she married my stepdad, uh, she had been involved in drug trafficking. So this is all goes oh. down in Dover. I don't know if you're aware of this, but there was a big drug bust in Dover in the neighborhood I grew up. You know, we call it the hood of Dover, basically. <laughs> but, um, I mean, we don't really call it that, but... <laughs> <laughs> that's what you know someone looking in would, oh that, that mm, must yeah. be our hood but um it was on washington street next to the fairgrounds mm -hmm. um but yeah i came home from school and there's helicopters and stuff it was crazy so my mom went to prison from me uh being in eighth grade uh, my sophomore year but before that she was more you know not as bad as my dad but she was she would you know discipline me if i needed discipline and the relationship had a different dynamic back then you know, mm -hmm. I, I would look at her different. But then when she got out of prison, she turned to this marshmallow, super softy, like, I love you guys. I left you guys for three years. I'm so sorry. I, I'm just going to be the nicest person ever now. And I would tell her, like, that's not what we need, especially mm -hmm. my sisters. Um, and then the impact of my stepdad, it was, you know, he, he was so... <laughs> He did both. So he did the drugs and he sold the drugs. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. So he was, as a sober, we'll even say this. When he was drunk, he was fine. But whenever he would, you know, do the, the drugs, like, I'm not talking about marijuana. I'm talking about, you know, worse stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. He would, it was just not a pretty sight. And use my mom. So when I got to a, a certain age, you know, I was pretty big early on. Like we talked about my freshman year, I was over mm -hmm. 180 pounds and <laughs> of the same height I am now. And I was lifting, you know, Coach If had us on oh, the yeah. program. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that kind of stopped, you know, and it was, it was funny to see that. And I want to say it was funny because he, you know, wasn't hitting my mom anymore, but it was just funny the first time it happened. Like after the fact, I kind of chuckled to myself like, Dang, I must be, you know, getting pretty big, you know, because he was like making it a point. Like I ain't hit after all these years of, you know, uh -huh. being my mom. Now that I'm like, I think I was like 13 or 14 at the time. And he's like, you know, making it a point to let me know, like, I I'm not hitting her. You know, I'm not doing this. And my mom, you know, so it was like it was a big it was a big different, a big jump. Mm -hmm. So now I could no longer have to worry about my mom, you know, so that was good. But. You know, the fact of them both being gone and, you know, the debt, my dad being gone, I ended up living with my aunt Susie, who is my dad's sister. Her real name is Esther, but my dad came up with the, the nickname Susie. I don't know where he, <laughs> it's not close to Esther, but um, living with her, my uncle, their household was so stable compared to what I was used to growing up in. So... It was just a big change of pace. It was like a, you know, family. They treated me like I was their son, which sparked some, when my mom got out of prison, it sparked a little uh, friction between my aunt and my mom. So that was a little weird because my aunt, my aunt Susie had already been like in the Dover community. She was homecoming queen. Mm -hmm. She was in high school and everyone knew who she was. She'd lived here her whole life. And 
her impact in the community and who she was, you know, compared to my mom's image in the community was a lot different. And she didn't feel comfortable around, you know, the Dover football moms, <laughs> even though they never did anything to shun her out. But, you know, she this is not her crowd. So, mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> um, that dynamic was, you know, it was almost to a point where I just had to go, hey, adult ladies. <laughs> <laughs> relax <laughs> you're my aunt you're my mom i love you both you guys both are, are great <laughs> um but uh going through that made it you know i guess and i never looked at this like when my parents passed i never looked at like oh man my life is hard you know i'm facing all this adversity why am i why god why are you putting me through this i, I kind of just and i guess i skipped over a lot like my the reason I have that background with God is because of my dad and my aunt and my grandma, Donnie, they, you know, my aunt and my grandma, they'd like made me go to church and it was not, you know, a fun experience. <laughs> <laughs> but then when my dad, you know, gave his life over to God and changed his life, you know, cause my dad used to, you know, smoke weed and drink and hang out with, um, all his friends and do all that stuff. And then once he, you know, kind of changed his life and gave his life to God. It was like a huge impact and a huge like 180 turnaround. Well, when was that? How old were you? <sighs> I want to say fifth grade. I was okay. in fifth grade when that happened. So old enough to recognize a change like that and kind of understand oh, the differences. For sure. Yeah. For sure. And now that made me get involved in church. I got into kids kindness ministries. I was going around the nursing homes, like singing hymns to older people so it was fun um but him having that impact was huge prior to that he was just a mean guy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who you know who i know i could learn sports from just a, basically he was a coach <laughs> um who actually had permission to put his hands on me <laughs> yes and uh one funny story about my dad so one christmas me and my sisters my younger sisters were um were staying with my dad and uh, we woke up too early. So my dad wasn't the wealthiest man. We had picked out our Christmas gifts. We bought outfits from Walmart um, like two weeks before Christmas. <laughs> and then we couldn't open. Of course, he wrapped it up and put it under a tree. <laughs> <laughs> then we got up too early. It was like 7.45. I'm like, seriously. <laughs> so we, we opened our gifts without him down there. Oh, He comes down once he hears all the, the madness tapes up the gifts and says, you guys can open these tomorrow. <laughs> Christmas is postponed. <laughs> yes. Cause he did tell us don't open anything until I get down there. Oh man. And he was up, but he was, you know, probably reading his Bible or doing something <clears throat> and we didn't want to wait. <laughs> Kids don't, yeah, they yes. don't want to wait. So that was, that was a funny story about dad. You know, he, he had some legendary punishments you know he wasn't always you know whooping us with his belt he had some legendary punishments that kind of hurt us more than the whoopings. well clearly because you you don't forget that one. Oh, never <laughs> never gonna forget that i always want to threaten purse like hey if you don't listen christmas will be postponed <laughs> but um you know hopefully he doesn't listen to this because at that point i knew presents didn't come from <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um but nah, even though, you know, my dad, like the, when my mom, the Christmases compared to my dad and my mom were so different. So my mom obviously was, you know, selling drugs. So, but she hit it well, you know, our house and her car wasn't great. But if you walk in, you're like, what the heck? 
<laughs> so our my Christmases were crazy with my mom. She literally had one of my dad's friends who full beard, almost like Mr. Perry, looked just like Santa Claus. He would come to our house at like two in the morning with a bag of all the presents we wanted, like our whole really? list. And he would, we'd sit on the lap. We'd say, Hey, we want this. He pulled it out, give it to us. We open it. It was like, it was crazy. Wow. <laughs> yeah. She went all out for Christmas. Um, and so, you know, when I, I feel bad about this, this is terrible. I like Jordan sneakers growing up. I blame that on my brother. He had a basement <laughs> full of Jordans and I would steal them once I wore his shoe size. And then I would take a butt whooping later that day. <laughs> but, um, my mom would buy me these Jordans, right? So once she went to prison, she said, I, I, <laughs> I visited her in prison. I was like, mom, I don't want you to, you know, you know, do what you did anymore, but I just want one more pair of Jordans. <laughs> just super <laughs> superficial kid. Like, come on now. How bad can you get? <laughs> yeah, that wasn't, those weren't the best days. <laughs> But I mean, did you, have you like the way I, you, you know, you growing up with me and stuff like that, did you have any idea this stuff was going on? No, no, <laughs> I did not. Nope. And I think that's kind of goes back to what you said a little bit ago about not taking everything and saying, Oh God, why is this happening or whatever? Cause you were just always, you're always a happy guy, yeah. you know, like just a, just a fun loving life. Uh, not a whole lot got you down, at least from my perspective, what I remember uh, growing up with you. Well, I always thought like, cause I, you know, I thought something was wrong with me at first. I'm like, all right, stuff's going down. Like, why am I not crying? Why am I not like, and I just had the joy. I think it came from, had to come from God. I just had joy at all times. So you say happiness. I, I say, you know, happy is temporary. So I have those moments where I'm really happy when I get a new pair right, of Jordans. Right. <laughs> <laughs> a new video game or something. Now it's a new computer or something like that. Yeah, right, right. Um, but I just always had joy in my life, no matter what it was, and it just I'm I'm happy and I'm I'm blessed to have that because not everybody is always just joyful for no reason. Mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes I think it's a blessing and a curse. Like I laugh at everything. Like I can't <laughs> I can't help it. But. um I just never thought I was hiding anything. I just, that's just how I felt. I wasn't covering, masking anything, but I would question myself, like, like, is this normal to have emotions like this? You know, not crying when someone passes away or I'm just like, well, it's weird, but I, whatever. I just, I was like, this is just how I am. So as a young age, my freshman year when my dad passed, everyone kind of looked towards me. It wasn't like verbally put out there. Like, Hey, we're going to lean on you purse. It was just, it just seemed to happen that way. Just the natural progression of yeah. things. Yeah. Because I was, you know, a clown <laughs> and I just, I guess I brought smiles to people, which I, I see that in my son. So I never thought like, Hey, I bring smiles to people's face. You know, that's what I do. It, I never thought about that until people started mentioning it to me, but my son, I can see it. And I'm just like, when we, so when I uh, put my son to bed on my nights, so me and me and Krista alternate, she has one night with purse and that night I'm with Peyton and then we flip flop every oh, other night. That, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So when I pray with him, it's uh it's just crazy to hear it because I wasn't doing this at this age, but I wanted to steal it in his life early. Um just his prayers, man. It's just it's so it's funny and just what's he pray for? Well now, you know, after Easter, his prayers used to before Easter, this past Easter, his prayers were, you know, Lord, you know, protect us from evil. Uh thank you for our food, our house, um, our family. And if he wanted something, Lord, you know, I, I want this Beyblade or something like that. <laughs> 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 you 
now it is, you know, Lord, thank you for sacrificing your son so we can, you know, have eternal life and, and thank you for forgiving our sins. And yeah, I'm like, dang, he's how old? He's six. Okay. Well, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Yeah. So, cause he, he models, here's my prayer after he prays, I pray. And I always try to have the professional prayer, you know, <laughs> you know, some people take pride in their prayer language. Like I try not to, because that's obviously not, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not the point of it. No, yeah, yeah. My prayers are top notch, man. <laughs> your prayers don't sound good as my prayers, <laughs> but it's almost like a thing. I'm pretty sure you're familiar with that, but yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, God listens closer, the more professional you sound. <laughs> he only answers if you, if you don't stutter. <laughs> Dear Lord, father God. Yeah. <laughs> That's remember. how you get his attention. I yeah, mean, yeah, exactly. But um, <laughs> man, I feel like I should be further along. Uh, <laughs> this is what happens. Um, but yeah, so my mom in that relationship, actually my sisters had, when they, you know, broke down the door and bust in and, you know, arrested my uh, mom and stepdad. I want to say my sisters were maybe four and six or something like that. I don't know. They were in between those ages. And they had guns pointing at their face. The police bust down the door and guns just in my sister's face. I wasn't there. So I I lived up the street. So obviously when I heard this, I was, you know, I went through my hating the police phase. (laughs) Because, you know, I didn't know how serious it was. Um, Until I got older, when I was like sixth grade, I was like, damn, my mom really messed up. (laughs) You know how long Mm -hmm. those things take. So that's why she didn't go to prison for a while. But, um, man, it was... It was crazy just having that happen in my world being like, wow, like this is like real life Grand Theft Auto, like <laughs> like helicopter stuff going on. Like this is crazy. Um, but I always had stable people, even outside my family. And we, I think we talked about this before, but you know, the teachers, the coaches at Dover. Um, and there's a couple people I want to have on the show um, later too, as mm-hmm. well with coaches. And um, just the, the the impact and the love and the no matter what we're going to help Percy out. No, you know, we're not going to, they didn't like coddle me. I don't think I'm, it's just, they knew, you know, the positivity, it, you know, in my heart and the joy in my heart. And they want to make sure, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm not speaking for them, but I, if I saw a kid like that too, uh, and you know, he had some type of future and he, he was smart and wanted to, you know, wanted to, you know, go to college and stuff like that, you'd probably pour into them. So that's what a lot of my teachers did. And I'm grateful for that, but I'm not sure. I'm not, I don't think they singled me out. I'm pretty sure they poured into you as well. Sure. Absolutely. (laughs) And that's, I mean, this is a amazing community, you know, and that's, that's the importance and the impact of community, you know, on on an individual. And I, I always say to, you know, you want to help out everybody. Whenever you see somebody in, in trouble or, or whatever, you want to help them out, but help has to start with that person themselves. Like you have to want to help yourself Yeah, because yep. I can't help somebody who doesn't want to help themselves because anything I do, it, it's not going to matter. Man, I'm glad you said that. <laughs> I've, I've had that a lot, but I also didn't know that daily you had to pour into people until my first job out of baseball. <laughs> <laughs> But I kind of want to get in. So high school, obviously, let's get to high school. I wasn't really that great at sports. Baseball, I was. I made the varsity team as a freshman, but I was still bad. I had like a 16 ERA. Coach Bircher, Doug Bircher, was on the day I got called up, text me my freshman stats from high school. I'm like, dude, what? <laughs> I didn't need that. Like, 
I'm not like riding high, super cocky at this point. I'm scared. Like I'm going to face, you know, Miguel Cabrera. Uh, like, right. <laughs> I don't. I need you to pump me up a little bit, and we'll have him on the show, and I'll ask him about that. But um, there you go. <laughs> um, just uh, just being like on that team, and it just at one point I was yelling at Coach Bercher, telling him how I should be on JV because my first outing was horrible, but. I just never had confidence in myself, like on the field, socially talking to anybody, like mm-hmm. even girls, like at some point I was scared, but I just got to a point where I'm like, you know what, if I like this girl, I'm just going to let her know. <laughs> What's the point? If she you doesn't know? like you, she'll let you know, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, you know, a lot of that was wonder years watching the wonder years. I learned a lot about girls, you know, <laughs> Man, I used to watch that show all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I would have watched it earlier, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, no, but then, you know, I had, you know, I had my first, I guess, real girlfriend, um, who unfortunately went to Philly. No, Ooh, <laughs> but, crossing um, the line. <laughs> yes, but um, and, and you know her situation. Her name is Elizabeth Corns. So I, uh, like, when we dated, it was like eighth grade or whatever. And uh, her parents. So I didn't know at the time, um, but they had like, I guess, an issue. You know, I don't say people around here are racist, but it's just you have you know, a vision of how you want your child's life to go and who you want them to marry. And, and I think they had a vision, but I never knew this. So they were so, once they met me, they were just like, ah, you know, we love you. They treated me. They were, it was crazy the way they treated me. I was just like, wow, <laughs> this is, there's, it was Sally and Dave. They were just two amazing people. And Jamal, we talked about them as well. And, you know, rest in peace, Dave, Dave uh, passed away shortly after my dad did but his was sudden. My dad had cancer and it was like a two year process. And unfortunately for Elizabeth, her dad passed on like a heart attack, like heart attacks, like fast. So, you know, she reached out to me whenever that happened. And, um, so that's another reason I was like, okay, this stuff happens for a reason. And I was prepared to help someone else in the same situation. Now, obviously I'm not saying, Hey, have, you know, someone in my family passed away. So I know how to experience this, (laughs) but, but, you know, God does these things and to teach you things. I'm not saying he killed my dad, but you know what I mean? (laughs) No, we've talked about that too, how nothing evil or nothing bad actually comes from God, but he can take those situations and use them to help you. Yeah. You know, in the, in the future. Yeah. And one thing I do want to put, cause I do get that a lot and I always worried about the right thing to say to people. So when they t- ask me about God, if they see the way I live my life and hopefully I'm an example and they want to come to me when they have questions about that, the thing they always ask is why does, you know, God let this happen? Bad things happen. But like, you got to think about it. E- like evil things is everything that is against God. Mm-hmm. Like there, if God's good, there's an evil, you know, if there was no evil, there would be no us because this sounds terrible, but if you, if you look at our nature, we're evil. <laughs> like, it, well, yeah. And that's, we were born into an evil world. Yes. Born into sin. So uh, yeah, yeah. It, life is the journey of, of understanding that and then finding the way to combat it. Yeah. Yeah. So, and the artist I get this from is Lecrae. So I listen to Lecrae and he has a song where he just puts this out there. And I love it. But he's like, you know, what is everything against God? Like, that's evil. So, you know, that's anything morally bad or wrong, like lying, you know, stealing, cheating, all that stuff. We all do that. So if you want God to say, well, I just wish God would get all rid of the evil in the world. Like, we wouldn't be. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. But anyways, yeah. before we go down that that rabbit hole, <laughs> um, I just wanted to, you know, I guess touch on just obviously getting away from God once I went to college. So high school, obviously, I played football, was quarterback at Dover. Um, Coach If was like a father figure. Coach Von Kino was like a father figure in their own different ways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and one of the funnest things I ever did was go on like this college camp tour with Coach Ift and Daniel. Super fun. Me and Daniel in the backseat of the Honda Odyssey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Traveling to all these colleges, doing these camps, you know, trying to display our talent, playing NCAA football on the little flip down screen back. <laughs> and that's when I like got close to Daniel the most because we had a little rivalry growing up. Um, when I came from elementary school to my elementary school, South, the superior elementary school. <laughs> hey, I, dirty South, man. That's where it was at. But I was gonna say real quick, why don't, I mean, just for anybody listening that, that isn't familiar with Dover or this area or anything like that. I mean, when you say coach, if that's uh, coach Dan, if he's the head coach of the still over tornado, yeah, <laughs> the high school team. And then Daniel, if his son, his son, yes. Yeah. So if you, I just want to make sure we kind of clarify yeah, who, for sure, for sure. the characters in the story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Daniel, you know, was the quarterback and then, well, he's receiver, then quarterback, then receiver. Yeah. So that was, that's, that's interesting. So it was your, your, you and Daniel graduated together. So same yeah. class. So yep. freshman year, he was the quarterback of the varsity team. Freshman right? year, no, freshman year, he was a receiver on the varsity team. Todd, oh, that's Todd right. Todd Lasowski that's right, that's was a quarterback. Right. So sophomore year. Yeah, sophomore year, he was the quarterback. And uh, I was a receiver that's, at that year. That's, I was oh, that's decoration. Right. You, okay, so sophomore year, you played JV quarterback. Yes. And, okay. Hey, story time, everybody. This is where... Oh, shoot. <laughs> okay, because whenever I was a freshman, that's whenever... I mean, as, as the freshman team, we ran the ball mm -hmm. still, so I was a running back, so yep. I actually got to run the ball and stuff. So um, I was, that was like the last year I was actually good at football. <laughs> well, we can rephrase that. Last year you were able to show your talents in football. All right. Well, yeah, we can put whatever kind of coat we want on. <laughs> yeah. But I was doing, uh, so I was on freshman team and that was Thursday nights we played. Mm -hmm. And then Friday I would dress for varsity. Saturday morning I played JV. Mm -hmm. So I remember one morning over at Crater Stadium playing JV football <laughs> and I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know how, how it got to the situation or oh, whatever. I remember going, going to the, going to the sideline and Percy's out of the pocket, you know, going real fast, <laughs> <laughs> going to the sideline, right? So you, you're getting tackled. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I remember this so clearly in my mind, but you're getting tackled probably because I, maybe I, I missed a block or something. <laughs> So I'm, I'm watching this and you are getting hit. So you got your, like your legs wrapped up Yeah. and you've got your right shoulder pointing down toward the end zone. So if you think about your right-handed quarterback, yeah. you need your left shoulder pointed yeah, downfield, right? So you got your right shoulder pointed downfield. And I just remember watching you twist your body to get that left shoulder downfield and you threw the ball. And I mean, we were on our side of the 50 and that thing just launched to the end zone. I remember standing there like, what did I just see? I mean, getting tackled. So you got no leg power. You got no, you can't put any yeah, lower yeah. body into it. You're facing the complete wrong direction. Uh, I'm, so, I'm so glad you brought this. I was thinking it was going somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, I just, I was like, whoa. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, that's, you know, God bless me with an arm. <laughs> yeah, that, he did. I mean, I, mean, I, don't I, sell, I don't sell anything short. Cause when you played, uh, 
so your junior and senior year starting quarterback then for the for the tornadoes. Yeah. You're very good. <laughs> you were very good. Here's Percy Garner. He had five touchdown passes tonight. And this is a little swing pass to Matt Reinhardt. And long distance for the touchdown. He had three and, long and, distance touchdowns. Well, just to touch on that, so I never – when Coach Jeff told me I was going to be quarterback, to be honest, I was, like, kind of freaking out. I wanted that to happen the whole time, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it was safe with Daniel at quarterback. You know, I know he was – you know, he's been the quarterback forever growing up, you know, middle school and all that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's the coach's son. I just, that's just how it was going to be. And all the pressure was going to be on him. So I was like, all right, cool. You know, even though I want to be quarterback, but, you know, Daniel's probably better fit for the job. You know, his dad knows the offense. So Daniel's going to know the offense. And then when they told me I was going to be quarterback, I was just like excited, but like, oh crap. <laughs> Now this whole this whole thing is is on me now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean that's a terrible thought. Obviously football is a team sport, but Dover the offense we took from Kenton and the, and the Mock brothers, it it did put a little bit more pressure on the quarterback. But I would say about halfway through my junior year, I kind of started to enjoy it. But the first game <laughs> against the Massive Tigers was not fun. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah, yeah, I do remember that game. <laughs> and then. Um, we got our hearts broken and I actually cried after that game. I hadn't cried for losing a game in a long time, but we lost to Northwest. <sighs> so, you know, that was the first game I was yeah. like, actually started to have success at quarterback. <laughs> Cause I was like, all right, coach is going to put Daniel back in. I'm sucking. But, um, <laughs> that game, you know, we were putting up points and, uh, and we ended up losing heartbreaking loss. And, you know, after that game, we were walking to the bus, and Coach just like he 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 the the father figure came out. You know, he's like, you know, he basically told me just stop crying and get, you know be tough. <laughs> he was like, you know, don't let these people see you crying. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's like, you played yeah. a good game. Like, there's no reason. So, but after that, I started rolling. We played after we played Northwest. I think we played. Uh, we went into either Oroville or something like that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and uh, that's when, you know, the confidence started taking off. So, But I always, which the thing I didn't like is I always needed like a completion or something like that to just get or to get hit or something to get my my confidence where it needed to be. I'd always go into game doubting things like, and that carries on to what I'm going to talk about in the pro career later. I'm assuming Coach If could read that, but uh, playing with him and, you know, that offense was super fun. Um, and being recruiting, being recruited and stuff like that, going to all those colleges with them, you know, and being stupid and naive. <laughs> and, you know, Coach Jeff's getting calls, and he's like, hey, Purse, you know, this is Florida Atlantic. This is Eastern Michigan. And I'm like, what? And at this time, you know, I'm in love. <laughs> so, you know, with my wife now, mm-hmm. thank goodness, if I didn't marry Krista, I would have, it would have been the biggest mistake not going to some of these colleges. Um, uh, I guess I do want to talk about Krista a little bit. So I mean, she's, she's probably a little bit, um, <laughs> important. <laughs> well, I was going there, but you know, yeah. I get sidetracked a lot <laughs> when I was talking about Elizabeth Corns and that relationship. So, um, once, you know, we, it was around freshman year, you know, it was still an early relationship. So it wasn't like a real relationship. Once we, you know, broke up, we stayed friends and stuff like that. But 
uh, I want to say it was sophomore year. I was going to homecoming with a friend, Courtney Elliott, and we were meeting at her house. And Shane Lester, who you are oh, yeah. <laughs> familiar with, um, was going with Krista. And I didn't know who she was at the time. So she was the only one that could drive. So she pulls up in her little Geo Prism. <laughs> and I didn't even care that was a Geo Prism at the time. I was just like, man, we got someone that's driving in our grade. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> and this is what, October of 20 or 2004? Yeah, 2004. And Krista walks up on the porch of the Elliott residence. And I mean, I was just like, whoa. <laughs> and she had been at her school all freshman year. She was a cheerleader for like basketball and stuff. So I, I don't know how I didn't notice who she was. <laughs> but when she walked up for the homecoming that night, I was just like, oh, wow. So I quickly turned to Shane. I'm like, Shane, like, are you pursuing her? Like, are, are you guys together or whatever? He's like, no, nah, man, no, nah, we're just going to homecoming. I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so from that point on, I have my eyes on her and, uh, she's probably, I had never pursued a girl that aggressive ever. And I think it was a little aggressive. So <laughs> she basically was like, at the time when I like, I guess, confessed my feelings to her, she was like, eh, big red stop sign, never going to happen. Get out of my face. Basically <laughs> that's the nice version. And, uh, once I, you know, I never gave up. So I guess I had a nickname. Let me, let's talk about this nickname early on in my high school career. So I sucked beginning baseball, but I was on the varsity team. Eventually I ended the, that season well. Um, and my nickname started to be perseverance. <laughs> <laughs> so if anybody doesn't know, most people in Dover just call me purse. They don't say Percy. So perseverance fit well. And then I showed, you know, more perseverance with this pursuit of Krista. And there were some troubles, you know, Cause back with like Elizabeth's parents, um, they just had envisioned their daughter, you know, being with a certain person, a certain type of person. And so that made it hard. So once I fun finally won her feelings over, <laughs> <laughs> once I, I broke her down, basically how I, I, how I, the way I describe it is it was almost like if you've watched family matters and Steve Urkel just working on Laura, every episode <laughs> is basically how I describe it. <laughs> And eventually, you know, she just caved. And I think it was just the joy she saw me and the love I had for a lot of other people and how kind of a person I was, I think, opened that up. Um, I wish I could say it was my looks. but <laughs> <laughs> We'll let her comment on that yeah, sometime. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we might have her on here. Um, but I think it was that, you know, my love for God and all that stuff kind of just all played a factor into her kind of finally going, oh, maybe I'll give him a chance. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, at first it was rough, um, you know, with her, her parents and stuff like that, just, and I can't put myself in their shoes, you know, but I know it wasn't easy and it's easy for people to go, Oh, well, you know, it's, it's having a, a instant judgmental of both of them. But now that I know them, like it was not like that at all. Um, but it was just a, it was a, it was a weird point. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, experiencing that kind of, I guess, made our relationship stronger because um, we just never, you know, we never gave up. And the long distance thing was a theme for a very long time. Mm. And okay. when we we're, I don't know, in the Jamal episode, we were talking about um, just 
girlfriends. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yep. I know this is supposed to be before that one, but oh well. <laughs> We're breaking all the rules. We talked about, you know, the sacrifices they make for us. Yeah. Um, yep. Obviously, through the life of the marriage, we make the small ones. But they, it seems like the women always make the big sacrifices. My wife just got done with a real big one, so. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yes. <laughs> um, well, you can talk oh i guess we'd talk about it but you can bring it up again just so we mean like school and stuff like yeah, that yeah yeah no well okay quick shout out to stephanie for yeah. uh completing nursing school i tell you what never seen anybody work harder that's Isn't something that, it's how, how inspiring is that did she inspire it's, you to kind of get after this right here yeah i mean honestly a lot of what i'm doing right now with the podcast network was inspired by her and just watching like wow like if she can dedicate so much time to nursing school where i mean she's putting in all the effort and she's not getting anything out of it until it's over. Yeah. I can do something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's and it, so yeah. it's it's similar with Krista. Like she like I always say my work ethic is is uh, is good. I wouldn't say my work ethic is God tier. Like uh like we're watching the last dance right now in Jordan. Like Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, his competitiveness and freaking work ethic is re ridiculous. And I would say Krista's like up there. Her work ethic is crazy. So just like, just for all you guys that don't know wives and how they have like a cape, <laughs> <laughs> just to give you a little, so Krista got sick and it's some women get it when they're breastfeeding and where, you know, they're like, it gets a clogged duct in their, in their, um, in their breast. <laughs> And yes, get, we are five. Yes. <laughs> and they get really sick, okay. like really sick. And I had to, you know, take over the household <laughs> for a weekend. And let's just talk about the things that didn't get done. <laughs> so I didn't shower. Same clothes for two and a half, three days. <laughs> House did not get cleaned at all. No sweeping, no dishes getting done, nothing. The one thing that did happen is the baby's diapers were changed. <laughs> Thank the Lord. <laughs> the baby got fed. There you go. Um, but just to think like, okay, I made sure the baby was taken care of, but nothing else happened. Purse took a back seat. Like it was just bad. And just to come home from work and not just not have to, just everything being done, house being clean. Food being cooked, kids being taken care of, purses, homework being done with uh, by Krista, just everything you can imagine. Um, I just like I always appreciated it, but then actually having to do it with her being basically ill and not being able to do anything because it was crazy. I hope Stephanie doesn't have to deal with it. It's called mastitis. Okay. Just pray that she doesn't have yeah. mastitis. I'll start praying <laughs> today. Yeah. Um, it's just you get a new appreciation. And I'm just like, man, that's crazy. Um, but yeah, so she's superwoman, and so are all all moms. And uh, but yeah, so that that relationship going to college and pro ball, like being with Krista, it was it was it was hard. It challenged both of us. I would say morally, her, you know, because she can't morally. Is that a name? Is that a word? Yeah. I think so. It charged her. We're it, using it. It challenged her more <laughs> with the distance because, you know, I'm playing football at college first. I actually went to college for football, which yeah, we'll we, get into yeah, in a second. Yeah, we'll get into that. Yeah. What is this? A two hour episode? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it just, it made it, 
you know, we grew, I guess, having to do the, having to do the long distance thing. So in high school, obviously we couldn't go over to each other's house all the time and stuff like that. And then once we got to college and her, she went to Ohio state school for, um, cosmetology. So she wanted, she knew what she wanted to do from jump. So I wish I was in her shoes with that. She knew exactly what she wanted to do and she got that done. She got her school done and she's been doing hair forever. But me, um, obviously wanting to play professional sports. I went to Ball State with Daniel. Um, so Daniel went on a full ride scholarship to play receiver at Ball State. Me, I was a preferred walk on because I was a moron and turned down all my free scholarship. <laughs> <laughs> if my dad was alive, he probably would have made sure stuff went differently. But, you know, Coach Schiff tried to do what he could do, but, mm -hmm. you know, I was hard ahead and I loved Krista, so I didn't want to go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was far away. So, so whenever, so you, you chose to go to Ball State, but I mean, what were the deciding factors in there? And like, what were the other, did, you know, what other options did you have or did you turn down, you know, for Ball State? So originally I wanted to play both sports in college. Um, and I quickly noticed that no college was really going to let me do that. Yeah. Um, so my first offer was from Ohio University. Great school. Um, they have great sports programs. But they had Frank Solich as their head football coach, who, great coach, but he had come from a bigger college. He was at Nebraska previously. Oh, okay. And yeah. I just didn't like the fact that, you know, he was coming down. And I don't know what reasons he came to Ohio University. I don't know anything. I just was super judgmental and was like, look, Frank was at Nebraska. And now he's at Ohio University, two different type of programs. Ohio's not on Nebraska, you know, so he's coming down. I don't know if I'm, I'm on board with that. Never even, like, took the time to really get to know, you know, Frank Solich. I, I probably don't want to because I might regret <laughs> not going there. <laughs> but um, there was a lot of other schools that wanted to offer me, but I just was like, eh, uh, you're too far away. Nah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, my love for Krista kind of, hindered my college decisions and it came down to it where I thought I was going to Ohio state, no matter what, you know, I'm putting up all these numbers. Mm. I'm going to Ohio state. It's obvious. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I'm getting, I didn't know that letters really didn't mean anything. Cause I'm getting letters from Vanderbilt, Ohio state, you know, not many sec schools besides Vanderbilt, but a lot of big 10 schools. Um, and I had, uh, Illinois come, come like drive nine hours to come watch me play a baseball game that got canceled. And just to show you as a kid, I had no idea what was going on. Literally that guy came to my house after the game would be canceled. I didn't realize he drove from Champaign, Illinois <laughs> wow. to come just to come see me. And I kind of, I wasn't rude, but I was just like, you know, all right. Like we sat here, talked for a little bit. Like, all right, like I, <laughs> I got homework to do, you know, yeah. <laughs> that goes back to that. You know, when you're young, you just don't, yeah. You, you don't, don't understand. <laughs> yeah. The, the vastness of some of those, you know, things that people do. Yeah. When you're older, you look back, whoops. Yep. Yeah. What was I doing? Yeah. <laughs> I hope that dude wasn't driving home. Like, all right, this kid, <laughs> like what? <laughs> but I went on a visit to Illinois for football as well. So I told that the guy uh, from Illinois with the baseball, he came for baseball. I told him like, I want to play both football is the priority. And at the time, but football was a priority because you can get a full ride scholarship. Baseball, you had to be, you know, really good to get a full ride. Most sure, of the time, was, and that's because football is the primary program yep. for yeah. Most In football, colleges. you get eighty-five scholarships. Baseball, I think you get eleven or something like that. And your team has to be, I think, like twenty-five players. So <laughs> limited. Guys. Yes. Yep. Yes. So um, it was. It was. Uh, I went on a visit to Cincinnati, and the coach there at the time, 
I want to say was is the coach of Michigan State now. Um, I forget his name, but he was just upfront with me, and I appreciate it. He was like, "You, there's not going to be a way you're playing two sports here," and I was like, Ugh. "He's like, it's going to be too hard." I'm like, "Come on, how hard can it be?" <laughs> <laughs> but um, so I took some visits. We went to Michigan, Ohio State, and all that stuff, and you know, I just waited too long to to make a decision. So. At a certain point, Ohio University and Frank Solich was like, all right, we're retracting the scholarship offer. At that point, I had no other offers. So I was like, crap, what am I doing? And then I was like, well, I can go to Mount Union. <laughs> so I went on a visit there, you know, met Pierre Garçon. It was cool. And then I went to visit to Capitol. And Capitol's like, if you come to Capitol, we can beat Mount Union. I'm like, no, you can't. <laughs> um, but Capitol was close to Ohio State. So I was like, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And then it turns out that, you know, Daniel's like, hey, man, you know, there's an opportunity at Ball State. And to be honest, I never heard of Ball State until they offered Daniel. And I never heard of it either until yeah. you guys went there to play. I'm like, oh, <laughs> Ball State. All right, yeah. cool. <laughs> and, you know, Ball State. Yeah. Um, and then uh, they had a quarterback get kicked off the team. So and they had their their main quarterback was going to be Nate. It was Nate Davis, who I had heard of, and I saw him play baseball or basketball, and he literally got drafted out of high school for uh, for baseball, but chose to go to college. Could have played basketball. He's like in the, I think he might be behind LeBron and leading scorer in Ohio in high school history. By the way, didn't tie his shoes. Played with untied shoes and just schooled everybody. And then, that's crazy. <laughs> and then, um, obviously, played in the NFL a little bit. So. I'm playing behind this dude. And I guess he had been hearing how great of a quarterback I was. And since I decided to come to Ball State, I was going to take his spot. Obviously, that didn't happen. <laughs> oh, but what do you, so you had him a little worried, though. Yeah, that's what he said when I came there. He was like, yeah, man, I heard about you and all this. I'm like, really? What the heck? Because <laughs> like, me, I'm still, I didn't know. I thought I was, yeah. you know, I was still not thinking of myself too highly. So um, I sit behind him, I red shirt. And they, by the way, Ball State told me if I come there, I can play both. So okay. this is Coach Brady Hoke. And then at the end of the first season, he's like, we have our little exit meetings for the year. And he's like, no, nah, you're not playing baseball. I'm just like, what the heck? So, and then another year, the second year goes by my freshman redshirt year. They get this big recruit, Kelly Page, out of Texas, Mesquite, Texas. I think he was like the number 12 quarterback in the nation or something like that. And they're like, I'm not on scholarship. They offer him a scholarship. So obviously he's going to be the quarterback going to the future. Mm-hmm. But I'm playing in the games as like the second, third string backup when we're blowing out teams. Because we had a really good year in 08. We were 12-0. and 0. We were ranked 12th in the nation. That was the highest rank at the time. Little old ball state, yeah. Nice. We had Quill Lewis was our running back. I think he finished third in rushing yards that year. Our tight end, Darius Hill, was an absolute beast. But our best player was Dante Love, who actually broke his neck third or fourth game into the season, which is, I thought he was better than Antonio Brown. We didn't know what Antonio Brown was going to turn out to be. Now we know, Mm -hmm. but I think Dante was better than Antonio Brown. Definitely in college. It's just a shame that he broke his neck and he wasn't even supposed to walk, but he walked and he can run and stuff now because he's a, you know, he's a beast. (laughs) (laughs) But I also had legendary coaches at Ball State. So Brady Hoke, Mm -hmm. we all know him. He went to coach. He coached at Michigan as a D-line coach when they won the national championship who also, our quarterback coach at Ball State, Stan Parrish, legendary coach, coached Tom Brady at Michigan at the same time when they won the national championship. And he coached Brad Johnson when the Bucks won the Super Bowl. 
Oh, so, wow. <laughs> so I had a great coaching staff. We got coaches that are Giants coaches now, Steelers coaches. They're, they're in the NFL. They, they're great coaches. Um, and being in that quarterback room with Nate and Coach Parrish, and we had another quarterback, Tanner Justice, and then Kelly Page, you just – like we'd watch how Tom because we ran the same offense. We run. We'd watch how Tom Brady ran the play, and then we'd watch how we ran the play. <laughs> <laughs> so that was fun. I don't know if there's a better example to be uh, modeling after. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So that experience was great, but they were upfront. Coach Hoke was like, "Hey, we're going to go with Kelly Page." I'm like, "All right, I'm going to play baseball then." And I have to tell this story, man. This story is so great. My trial for baseball. So, uh, and if we have to split this in two episodes, we can't. <laughs> so, um, my redshirt freshman year, got in a couple of bowouts, and Chris always makes fun of me. She's like, yeah, you got to take some knees that year. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know why that just took so long to sink. <laughs> you got to take some knees. <laughs> yeah, she's very supportive. <laughs> Victory formation. <laughs> well, she always, she was very good at, um, if she didn't think I was humbled at the time, she was very good at humbling me. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Wives. They, 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 uh, yeah, they're good at that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so once they told me that, Hey, you know, Kelly page was going to be the quarterback moving forward. I had already assumed since they said initially that I was going to play both sports there, that the baseball coach, Greg Beals, who is now the Ohio state baseball coach knew who I was and everything. It was just going to be, Hey, Hey Greg, I'm playing baseball now. You know, where's my uniform? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it was a challenge. And luckily, they helped me out. Like Coach Hoke, even after hearing, you know, me running my mouth, and they're like, all right, man, we'll talk to the baseball coach. They wanted me to be the backup quarterback. So I got, you know, in contact with Greg Beals, and I talked to him. And I'm like, hey, you know, I think I'm going to play baseball this year. He's like, wait, who are you? <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> so he's like, well, we've already done our tryouts. I'm like, tryouts? What the hell? <laughs> so he's like, but we'll let you, we'll give you a week and we'll see what you got. And I had been telling freshmen, so, uh, retro, freshman retro year, my first two seasons, I had baseball players in classes and I'm telling them, yeah, you know, hit 94 in high school. You know, I'm pretty good. I'm going to come out for the baseball team here soon. The first day, I could not throw the baseball 10 feet. Literally, I hadn't thrown the baseball in two years, just football, and my feel for throwing the baseball was just gone. Two years you hadn't thrown a baseball? No. Well, May of 07 was the last time I threw baseball, and then it was January of 09, so a little under two years. Hmm. And baseball season starts in February. <laughs> February 09 is when they start playing games, like February 20th. So they're like, hey, we'll give you a chance, you know. And the, after that first day, they're like what in the world did we just do? <laughs> so I'm, they, they, no one wants to play catch with me, which I don't blame them. So I'm throwing into a net, just trying to get my baseball feel back. And it's, it's not looking promising, but they're like, Hey, we'll give you a day. We're going to give you a chance to throw off the mound. So I'm in the locker room, like, Lord, just let me throw like 85. Cause previously I went to a carnival with all the football players and I was like, yeah, man, I can throw like 95 and all this stuff. I throw at the carnival. I throw 75. <laughs> I didn't know like those machines were a little bit, you know, you can't really just not warm up and go throw 95 at a pigeon machine in a carnival. No, but I was frightened. I was like, wow, I lost it. I can't throw hard anymore. So I'm praying to God, like, God, let me throw like 85. 
Like, let me throw at least something to show them that I can grow, maybe throw 90 again. So I go out, and we're indoors because it's Indiana, and it's January. And I go in, and, you know, I'm nervous as all get out. And I get on the mound, and I'm just trying to throw a strike because I haven't thrown the ball anywhere near a person yet. (laughs) So the first pitch, I throw it, and the catcher is Aaron Etchison. He catches it. He's not the starting catcher at the time, but he catches it. And the way he received it, he gives me pot- like positive body feet, like feedback, like body language. I'm like, okay, cool. That was good. And I couldn't tell how hard it is. But the coaches and the team, like the whole team stacked behind me, like trying to watch this freak show. They're like, oh, dude. But it was back before everybody was recording everything with their phones. So I'm so glad. <laughs> <laughs> but they're all laughing. And I'm like, guys, come on, dude. Like, don't laugh at me. I'm just going to stop throwing. They're like, no, keep throwing, keep throwing. So I throw a couple more pitches. And they're like, when's the last time you threw a baseball? And I tell them, like, man, 07. They're like, all right, throw a couple more. So I throw a couple more. And they're like, welcome to the team. I was like, what? They were like, you were 91, 93. Whoa. And I was like, God, you are the greatest. (laughs) (laughs) And that was, you know, that was it, man. They had the radar gun behind me. And I was just like, wow, can't believe it. And I threw a little bit that first year. But the second year is where I came out. I played summer ball. Uh, in Stark County and was the top right-handed pitching prospect in that league. And the rest is history. I was on draft boards and everything. And people were like, yeah, you'll be late draft pick. I'm like, well, I'm coming back to college. And then I had an outing against Louisville, the Louisville Cardinals. So we were the Ball State Cardinals and Louisville. They're the real Cardinals. (laughs) (laughs) The ones you've heard of. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, exactly. And they had all like six All-Americans. They were ranked seventh in the nation. They were undefeated at the time. And, you know, they invited us in there to beat up on us, basically. But we had an absolute stud on our team. And no, I'm not talking about me. (laughs) We had this guy named Colburn Vidic. And Colbert could have went to any college, but he decided to go to Ball State because they were going to let him hit. Every school wanted him as a pitcher. And Coach Greg Beals was like, dude, you can do whatever you want. Just come here. <laughs> so Colburn is this beast. And Colburn's starting the game against them. And I come in, you know, Coach um, Staff, we call him Coach Staff. His name is Mike Stafford. He goes, hey, he saw me playing catch. So up to this point, I had never warmed up. I had always just thrown and saved my arm for the game. So he goes, hey, um, he saw me long tossing. I wasn't supposed to throw that day, so I was letting it rip and letting it eat out in the outfield. He goes, hey, you want to pitch today? I'm like, dang, I just threw all my bullets. He's like, no, you'll be fine. If you throw harder than the starting pitcher, I'll give you a king-size Snickers. I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> Literally, that was our deal. That was our deal. <laughs> and the starting pitcher, his name was Tony Zick, who was an All-American, played for Team USA, and hit 97 against us the year before. So I'm like, all right, whatever. <laughs> So he's the starter. He's like 94, 95. And, I, and I'm, to that point, I've only hit 95. So I was like, crap. I really want this king size snicker. <laughs> so Colburn <laughs> throws five innings and holds them pretty good. But then they start to hit him a little bit. So they bring me in. And that day I had stuff that I never had before. I was hitting like 97, 98. My curveball was stupid. And I'm literally surprised that my pitch is coming out of my hand. I'm like, what in the world? And I throw four innings to get a four inning save and we, and we win the game. And then after that, all hell broke loose <laughs> because scouts are calling my coach and they're saying I'm going top five rounds out of nowhere. 
all because of Louisville and Coburn, because all the scouts were there to see Coburn and the whole Louisville team. <laughs> so I always say, Coburn, man, I appreciate it. <laughs> and the uh, Louisville coach, he's a legendary coach, always says that too. Like, I still haven't got my thank you from Percy <laughs> when he talks to Beals. But, yeah, the rest is history, man. I got drafted by the Phillies, second round. Uh, got a half a million dollars. <laughs> I was like, well, before taxes. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you got drafted. Well, I think I was trying, I was reading a couple of things. Was it, were you 77? Pick 77? Mm-hmm. Okay. I was actually at the orthodontist with my sister when I got drafted. Because I didn't, I thought I was going to go first round and I watched the first round. Never had butterflies like that. Yeah, well, didn't talk about that for a second. What was that feeling? I mean, just knowing that you're going to get drafted and just kind of waiting to get, I mean, how does it work? I don't even know. Like you get a phone call, you get, you know, how's it? So there's scouts showing up at my games in college and some of them are borderline crossing the line of, how scouting should go. Mm. You know, I had scouts coming up to my car like, hey, if we picked you here, would you sign? Because if you once you learn about baseball, it's not like football or basketball. It's it's weird. Like they want to they want to get you as young as they can. They want to get you as cheap as they can. And they, you know, it's just it's a weird situation. And my agent, Jonathan Maurer and Mike Montana with MSM Sports throughout of Cincinnati. And they approached me before. It was like a Percy Garner, you know, this big time prospect. So I went with him because, you know, he, he liked my faith, first of all. He was like, I like your character. I heard you're a good character guy, and I'd like to help you out. And at the time, I'm laughing like, I'm not going in the freaking MLB. What are you talking about? <laughs> but um, he helped, without him, I don't know how this would have all. Well, I guess without both of them. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> without both of them, I don't know how I would have ended up, you know, where I did. They handled everything. They told me how to, you know, handle certain things. One scout in particular, named was Juni Melendez. He was the Indian scout. So obviously I wanted to go to the Indians. And he was like the coolest scout ever. Like I would let, we would let him in and watch me warm up. And, you know, he was, he wasn't like weird. Like, Hey, you know, if we give you this money, would you sign? He wouldn't, he didn't act like that at all. He was super cool. And he just helped me along in the process as well. Shout out to Junie. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, man, it was just, it was a, it was a crazy time, but you know, Jonathan and Mike, they're like, Hey, you're, these are the teams that are looking at you. They gave me like a board and they go, this is the highest pick we think you can go. And you know, what's your, what's the money you want? And I said, 500,000, I'll take the draft. Cause coach Bills just said, Hey, if you know, you don't get what you want, if you don't get life changing money, then we got a scholarship waiting on you. Cause I still wasn't on scholarship at ball state. <laughs> oh, gee. Wow. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, um, but coach Beals was, per he was, he was the best. He wasn't one of those coaches that tried to use me as much as he could. He wanted to prepare me for the next level. So thank you for that coach Beals. But, um, that draft thing, I got a two hour interview with the Red Sox. They were looking at me at 39th pick in the first round. And like, it was like a million dollars with signing bonus. So I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> end up, they were asking me questions like crazy off the wall questions. But they end up picking up somebody else. And uh, I went the second day. But that experience, I had everyone there. The Philly scout, Nate Dion, drove from Oklahoma to. Dover to, uh, to Canton to sign for me to sign my contract. And uh, then I went and spent all the Phillies money at Olive Garden. He's like, hey, you take your family out. We'll, you know, celebrate. I invited 32 total people to Olive Garden. <laughs> the bill was like $800. <laughs> uh, anyways, but, you know, the relationship with the Phillies didn't really. Uh, and I think it was both sides. It, we just didn't click. 
you know, um, and I'd never really reached my potential. And a lot of that was on me and some of it was on them and the way their style of was, I believe. And it just, eh, it just didn't play out. So, um, the Phillies ended up releasing me in 2015. You were with them for how long then? I got drafted in 2010. So I played, started playing in pro ball June, 2010. And okay. then I was, they released me in March, March 30th, 2015. And that's so about five years. Yeah. Five yeah, years in their minor league, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. And you, cause you never got called up with the Phillies, for like to no. the MLB with the Phillies. No, I made it to AAA. Okay. And I only made one start in AAA. Most of my time was in uh high A, double A is where what's I played. Their, what's their uh, AAA team? The Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Dude, I got to tell you what, some of these, I mean, the minor league teams crack me up when I go like looking at their names and things. I'm like, what? Yeah, it's crazy. Where are they pulling this stuff from? <laughs> yes. They're fun. They're fun. The Akron uh, Rubber Ducks. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, minor league names are awesome. My brother likes collecting all the minor league hats. Oh, nice. Older brother. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that went that way. I thought my career was over. Krista was finally like, we can be a normal family. I don't have to be 16 hours away from you. you right, know. so yeah, where did she live whenever, I mean, how how was that relationship? So her parents allowed us to, so I would say, I lived in Florida to about 2013. When she got pregnant with purse, I made her move back to, <laughs> to Dover. I'm like, you're going to need help. So. Uh-huh. so we got married finally, and we had purse, and we lived um, in Dover. And then we moved in with our parents and our parents moved, uh, built a new cabin. So they basically just let us have their house. Appreciate you, Dirk and Sherry. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and all we had to pay was like one bill. So they were excellent because in minor leagues, you don't make much money. We we're just living off my signing bonus and Krista working. Um, and then we bought a house in 2016, not knowing that I was going to call it up that year. So the Indians, when we were at Chris's parents still, uh, after being released March, 2015, I thought the career was over. Literally. I moved back from, um, from Florida and we're sitting at the dinner table having dinner. So it's me, Krista purse and, uh, Desiree, Krista's sister and Krista's parents, Dirk and Sherry. And I think that's it. I'm not sure if Landon and her brother was there, but so we're sitting at dinner and I get a call. This is literally maybe six this is like eight, the first week of April. So not long. I literally just got released last week and I'm thinking about crap. What am I going to do for, you know, a real job? <laughs> <laughs> and I get a call from two one six and I'm like, oh, this would be funny if this is the Indians guys. <laughs> <laughs> so I, get, I answer the phone and like, he's like, this is Paul Gillespie with the Cleveland Indians. And I was like, oh, it's the Indians. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, you know, I just want to call see if you're still interested in playing baseball and all this jazz. I'm like, duh. <laughs> and then that was it for about a week. Nothing back from the Indians. And I'm just like, what the heck's going on? Then they call me back and they're like, hey, you got, you know, flight this time for if you're flying to Arizona, to Goodyear, Arizona. And that's how my Indians career started. Wow. Yeah. And then. So you get the call from your, your hometown team, your yeah team. i mean that's yeah we told my sister-in-law desiree we're like all right don't tell anybody yet let's figure out what's going on and then literally as we're saying that she's literally like posting on facebook percy's <laughs> gonna be playing this is before i even signed a contract or anything <laughs> so it's not even official she's like percy gonna be playing for the idiots and we're like desiree what are you doing 
<laughs> but, so, but what you know. did that feel like? Cause you said you thought your, your career was over. Oh, I mean, other than it just being a, like me getting a second chance at, you know, my dream, it was like, this is the Indians. Like I grew up watching them. It was, I was like, man, this is amazing. Sure. I and mean, Krista was yeah. happy. She was like, okay, like if this is, you know, the team you're going to play for, this is the best situation. They only have one team outside of the, uh, outside of the state of Ohio. So, so I go there and they kind of revamp and just get me back to the basics. They're like, just be an athlete, throw the ball hard, almost throw it like a quarterback. They have great coaching staff. And next thing you know, they're like, we think you're ready to join a team, one of our minor league teams. And they sent me to that team outside of the state of Ohio. <laughs> like, Which a Buffalo? Is that what? No, nah, they, they used to be, but it was uh, their high A team, Lynchburg, Virginia. Oh, okay. Picture me going to a city called Lynchburg. <laughs> I was like, come <laughs> on, man. But um, it was a great team. The Indians organization, amazing, man. And uh, I ended up getting, play, like playing there the second half. And I played with a lot of prospects there, like Bradley Zimmer, who's with the uh, the Indians now, Clint Frazier, who's with the Yankees now, um, and a, like some other players who, you know, made it up to the Indians. And uh, and then the next year, I thought I was going to get re- released because I had a horrible spring training. They send me to Akron, and I just at that point, I'm like, well, you know, I'm just going to play for fun. You know, this could be my last year. And 2016 was just crazy. It was just, I was throwing harder than I ever thrown before. No one was hitting me. I was like, this is crazy. You get called up. I make the all-star team, get called up to AAA, give up an 800-foot home run, my first pitch in AAA. <laughs> so that's the Clippers then, right? <laughs> yes. Down in Columbus. In yep. Columbus, up the Clippers. And a great organization there. Um, and then I just become the closer for the Clippers, dominate there. And then another crazy thing. So we get we're getting towards nitty gritty. I'm like, Hey, am I going to get called up or not? You know, I'm getting, I'm not sleeping at all. Like I can't sleep. I'm like, am I going to call it up? Am I going to call it up? And, um, Carter Hawkins, who's like the leader, director of player development at that time. is like, you know, we're not going to call up as many people as we thought, you know? Uh, and I'll start panicking like, Oh my gosh, I've never pitched this good in my life. Like this is my chance. And, um, we're in the bullpen we're in Durham, you know, bull Durham. We're playing against the Tampa Bay Rays triple A. And, uh, you know, um, TJ house comes out. I was like, Hey, we just got a cocoa crisp and we're going to send some prospects to, you know, to Oakland. I'm like, crap. Could that be me? So after the game, I'm in the shower. They're like, Percy, uh, you know, skip needs to see you in the office. I'm like, oh, I'm going to Oakland, dude. I'm going to be in this trade. So I go to the, I take forever to get in there. <laughs> They're all waiting. They're like, what are you doing? What took you so long? I'm like, oh, I was just showering, you know? And they're like, well, I'm assuming I'm going to Oakland. They're like, well, we got something to tell you. <laughs> I'm like, all right, what is it? They're like, you're going to Cleveland. I was just like, I just gave everybody a hug in the room and it was crazy. And couldn't sleep that night, of course. Had to get on a 6 a.m. flight. The game was at, it was an earlier game. No, it was a late game, but I flew from North Carolina at 6 a.m., got into Cleveland, you know, got went to a hotel, then walked to the stadium from the hotel <laughs> in Cleveland. And, you know, no one knows who I am, so I can walk. I'm not like Lindor trying to walk the streets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just crazy. And then I get in that night. It was just, it was magical, man. I remember that, um, that day, because I remember, 
I don't remember exactly how, I think it was on Facebook, people were posting, you know, Percy called up to, to the Indians. And uh, just thinking, that is so amazing. It was, it was such a cool, I was so happy for you uh, seeing, seeing that. And then um, it was, it was just really weird how things played out. Like from my perspective uh, back then, because I, how did that happen? I called my dad that day just to, just to chat for whatever mm-hmm. reason. And he's like, oh yeah, we're on our way up to the Indians game. <laughs> I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, did you see Percy's going to, and I said, yeah. So, so we talked about that for a second. He's like, wouldn't that be cool if he got in tonight? <laughs> <laughs> so I remember, I remember watching the game on, you know, on my TV at home and then, you know, the, they were showing you over by the, over the third base dugout there. And I said, Krista was there and a lot of your friends. And yeah. uh, I remember I'm like, Oh my God, my mom and dad are like eight rows back. Really? Like I could see them on TV. So I'm taking pictures of, you know, with my phone or the TV set. I'm like, you guys are on TV behind Percy. <laughs> yeah. yeah and then, then you got in. Yeah. You got in. Yeah, I got my first strikeout. Who um, was your first strikeout? Max, Max Kepler from Kepler. the Minnesota Twins. Great hitter, actually. No slouch at all. Yeah. Keep throwing that sinker. Got yes, he did. Percy Garner with his first major league strikeout. It's funny, before we came in this morning, I was watching on YouTube that uh, that strikeout. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they were saying, you know, something about uh, see if he sticks with that slider. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Went back with the fastball. I've when I got there, the Indians were like, "So we're going through all the game plan, and it's it's high level." I'm in this pitchers meeting, like, "What? <laughs> you got to pitch this guy like this. He likes this. You got to do this." And I asked Mickey Callaway after the meeting, "I'm like, so wait, am I supposed to remember all that?" He goes, "No, I'll just go out there and throw the ball hard. You'll be all right." <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, "Okay," but um, so it was a fastball you struck him out on. Yeah, yeah, it was a fastball inside. 96. Yeah, yeah. I think it's at least what I saw in the graphic there. Yeah. And Naquin and, uh, cause they had heard me throwing 99 and, you know, being like uh-huh. 97, 99 in Columbus. And I, I ain't gonna lie. I was a little nervous and I wasn't letting full loose. How could you I, not be nervous? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and I didn't let it all hang out, man. And Naquin after the first thing was like, dude, what are you doing? He's like, I saw 94 on the scoreboard the first time. That's not you. <laughs> you better let it out. And then Trevor Bauer, of course, is like, dude, I thought you threw hard, bro. <laughs> Three complete from the Motor City. Percy Garner puts up the first zero of the night for the Indians pitching staff. They trail with five to nothing. What's Trevor Bauer like anyway? He was actually my locker mate. He was yeah. uh, he was pretty cool. You know, it's not the one thing I think he just ropes people the wrong way is because he doesn't. Um, he just says what he thinks. You don't got to wonder what he's thinking. No. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when we kind of like some of the, a lot of the same things, he's a little bit on a different level than I am. Like I like, I'm a nerd, but he's like, like super like physics nerd, like <laughs> on gotcha. a different level. Like I'm math and computers. <laughs> he's on another level, but he was a cool dude. And I, I respect that, you know, he's not going to shy away from telling people what he feels no matter what. Cause he doesn't do that to be mean. He does it because he thinks that everyone should be like that. <laughs> gotcha. Um, but yeah, and these are great dudes, great team. None of the, the people always ask, people always ask me like, yeah, who, who was the worst guy up there? Who was the best? I'm like, dude, there wasn't one guy where I was like, man, this guy sucks. They were all like, um, like crazy, like great teammates. It was that's why we I think made it so far is because we were like a family up there, and they accepted me with open arms, and they just helped me out as much as they can. Because yeah, that was the World Series year. Yes, World Series year got the experience that I wasn't didn't get to pitch in the playoffs because of. By the time 
the season ended before the postseason, I was throwing like 90 mile an hour. My arm was done. I'd thrown 90 innings that year. And I think with the playoffs, Andrew Miller ended up at 90 innings. So my arm was just torched. So Tito, Terry Francona was like, you know, manager of the, uh, manager of the Indians was like, you know, just go home and don't pick up a ball for a while. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they uh, brought me back for a couple of games and stuff. But um, it was it was a great experience. And, you know, next year was going to be my breakout year, the 2017 season. Injuries, one thing led to another. Ended up with the Baltimore Orioles. Then never was the same because they they remember that ninety nine mile an hour Percy, <laughs> uh-huh. hence the the title. But <laughs> they weren't getting that after my surgery, so um, and it was a business. I understood. So, but I love the Baltimore Orioles organization. Uh, the Pirates want to give me a chance, and I probably should have took that chance. Um, they had great staff, man. And I don't want to say I have regrets, but I just want to see what it would have been like if I would have signed with the Pirates. But now I'm working at Comdoc in the business world and. You know, trying to learn that lane and um, learning from, you know, Steve and all the business professionals and just trying to soak up all that information after soaking up so much baseball. And uh, it's a, it's it's been a long ride and, you know, I still got people and all my friends, my, Micah Mills, Eric Williams, um, Daniel, we, you know, this COVID-19 kind of helped us reconnect again, so... Uh, it's been magical connecting with those guys because the friendships we were like it was like a movie, <laughs> wasn't like Varsity Blues or nothing like that. <laughs> you know, we were <laughs> we were good, wholesome kids. You know, <laughs> but um, we definitely had some great times, and uh, hopefully, I can get some of them on the show too. But this uh, this has gone. This is long, man. This is long. Well, you know it would be. I mean, yeah. Once I get got talking. thirty-one years of experience here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was waiting on you to look down. I'm like, all right, dude, we got to wrap it up. But no, I'm not. I'm not cutting any of this off. <laughs> but it's good. I mean, yeah. Uh, it was. It was funny just watching. Just watching even the highlights this morning on YouTube of you pitching for the Indians. It's like, wow, man. Like, Percy pitched for the Indians. Yeah. Like, that was. It's just. It's just so cool. So. It's it's hard for me not to go, man. My, I wanted my career to be super long, and everyone's like, "Dude, you you did what a lot of people dream about doing." You know, point oh 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 some percent people actually get to do it, and I feel blessed for the opportunity to get to meet a lot of people in the baseball world and just experience that. Um, but the one thing which I think I'll probably touch on um, with the um, uh, another podcast <laughs> on this network. Um, just my ability to handle failure. So I've, I was able to handle adversity, parents passing away, going to jail, losing family members and friends and stuff like that. I, but I did not handle failure. Right. You know, uh, and I learned about, you know, but it affected me big time. So, and, but we'll touch on that on a, a different podcast. So here coming up, but, um, yeah, man, I'm excited to take on new challenges. Um, I love, you know, what you're doing here with the design, web design, web development, all that stuff. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to learn and attack that. I might need some help from you, but uh, trying to attack that. And, you know, I'm streaming video games. What else am I doing? <laughs> doing baseball <laughs> lessons. Uh, trying to, you know, basically with this, you said Stephanie inspired you. I'm trying to, I guess, just not be all the stuff I want to do, I want to do it instead of just going, yeah, man, eventually I'm going to, you know, have a YouTube page and do this and that. And 
Yes. For me, it's that it's, I don't want to be, you know, 50 or 60 years old one day and say, what if I had kept going with that podcast network? You know, I don't Mm. don't ever want to look back. I'd I'd rather take a chance and, and fail and say, okay, well, I tried. Yeah. Then look back and say, I never even tried. Yeah. Because uh, I mean, if you listen to all the greats, like Michael and Kobe and all them stuff, they say failure is what, you know, got them, got them to where they are, you know? So it's because they took risk. But if you want to be safe and make sure you succeed all the time, you're probably not going to succeed totally. But right. Right. And I mean, for you, I mean, if you think, you know, you said your grandpa was 90. So if you look at you and say, say you live 90, you one third of your life is, you know, if you break your life into thirds yeah you know, three chapters well yeah. the first chapter is written but the second one has just started i That's mean you're crazy. on page one of chapter two look at you i know right <laughs> <laughs> i like that though i like yeah that. so i mean if you think about everything that happened in chapter one which we just talked about for an hour and a half <laughs> what what could chapter two hold True. you know i like it and everything like you it. just said so well i'm a, you know try to get some people on um hopefully you guys like this content um but um we're pretty much, I'm going to make sure we're going to be on everything. We're going to be on, you know, iTunes store with the podcast, Spotify, Google, everything. And, uh, you know, also, uh, also YouTube. So, uh, follow that YouTube. Is it, what is it? Get level, get level podcast network. Yeah. Um, we'll be, we'll be posting this episode and, you know, every time you, you come out with a new one, we'll post it on Facebook and everywhere. So, you know, if you're listening and you like this stuff, please, uh, like comment, share. Yes. Uh, that's sure. important. Yeah. I mean, you can be on all my socials too. Just if you want to, like I've already had, so I gave a FCA speech at, um, at Strasburg high school. Well, I guess it's all the school, not just high school. And I told some of the kids like, Hey, you know, hit me up on any social. If you have questions about anything, like I'm not one of those, I'm not going to big league you. Like, I don't care. Like, so I actually had two, two students reach out and ask me some questions about stuff. And I answered them back. Like, it was just awesome. I just want to give back, I guess, basically is what I want to do. So, um, hopefully this podcast can just help someone out do something i don't know so um but i appreciate josh taking the time and help me with this podcast and uh the church building you know <laughs> um, summit church and um you know hopefully this is uh you know the beginning of something great so yeah we'll look back on episode you know 200 and say man you remember that interview on <laughs> <laughs> when percy talked for an hour and a That's half right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but thanks josh and uh Make it a great day or not. The choice is yours. Now, Jay, <laughs> who said that? That was, uh, why? Oh man. What was his first name? Bond from Dover middle oh, school. Yeah, uh, the vice principal. Name. Yeah. Mr. Shoot. Bond. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing too. When you look back at like teachers and stuff, it's always, you know, you know their last name. Yeah. I don't yeah, remember yeah. any of their first names cause you never yeah. were allowed to call them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Someone was disrespectful. So yes. But yeah, so thank you for listening. We'll catch you later. Say me casa, su casa. It feels like casa blanca. Shout it, you my little mama. I got a crib by the water.